Hi, I'm Sam Fesich from the EduMagic Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Coming up on episode 134 of Podcast PD, we are diving into artificial intelligence with administrators. Let's start the show. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day, except you're going to have more fun with AJ Bianco and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. Good morning, good afternoon, happy Sunday evening, because that's when we're doing this. This is Podcast PD, episode 134. My name is Chris Nessie, at Mr. Nessie on Twitter, and I am joined, as always, by the podcast paisano, AJ Bianco. What's up, buddy? You, you can't say, as always. I missed the last episode, and I'm late to this one. <laughs> and because of you, we had to reschedule this one to this week. Hey, it worked. We got Adam. That's true, which means we're going to elevate this whole show to a whole new level, because he's tall. <laughs> That's a good one. That's right. Adam Schoenbart, Dr. Adam Schoenbart is joining us this evening. Uh, Adam is an old friend of ours, old friend of the podcast. I was reminiscing before you got here, AJ, about Shift Ed. Remember that? Mm, I do. <laughs> R.I.P. Blab. Shift Ed, Blab. That was it. The Ed, the Ed Justice League. Yeah. A lot, a lot Blab, of things we can reminisce on. Yeah, we got taken out like uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League anyway. They know. <laughs> <laughs> and the three of us can understand all of that. <laughs> all right. Adam formally is the Associate Director of Technology and Communication for the Chappaqua Central School District in New York State. And uh, we're going to talk about AI for administrators because Adam, like me as a teacher, loves artificial intelligence. And uh, AJ, I don't know where AJ really stands on any of this. He's, he's making that face of like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really, I don't, I'm, I'm torn and I, I guess that's something we can talk about. All right. Natalie Imbruglia. Wow. <laughs> I'm pulling out all the stops. Adam, how are you? Welcome to podcast PD. I'm doing all right, guys. Uh, I'm excited. This will be fun. Uh, it's been, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've done uh, a podcast. Like the, the last ones were probably with you both. So happy, <laughs> right. to, happy so, to be here. Adam, this all, this whole topic, which we're kind of, we're not doing it on the fly because we've kind of been talking about it in our little Voxer chat. Um, Give us your position. You're a former high school English teacher. You're now working as an administrator. You've, you know, lived the life of a building vice principal, and now you are central office. So you're almost at the very top, top. Pretty soon it'll be superintendent showing Bart for sure. Um, give us your thoughts on artificial intelligence first in education. What's your point of view? So I, I think, uh, Chris, my point of view probably wouldn't be surprising to anyone who knows me and probably wouldn't be much different than if we were to talk about most other technologies and emerging or disruptive technologies in schools. I think AI is incredibly powerful. I think it's it's disruptive and that makes it a little bit scary. Um, but I, I think that power that I've seen for things I think it could do around student learning, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a tried and true, but opportunities that I think it create for uh, for student access and learning and creation are really exciting to me. Um, more than that, as an administrator, where I've personally kind of really dug into it is um, writing and communication and editing and ideation and those kind of pieces, I just find it to be incredibly powerful. I also recognize that there's a ton of challenges around it, but I, I don't see it all that different as the challenges that we have always had and still have around cell phones, around internet, around when you, when I first rolled my Chromebooks into my classroom and all those. It's 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 the same but different. Um, and I get that difference, but I think um, for me, I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic, um, but I'm really, uh, I I'm really committed to explore exploring um, both myself what was and the my first teachers AI in, tool in schools and conversations like this. Came into your purview. Oh man, I think I wanted so I want to say it was definitely ChatGPT, and that was the first one like that has sparked my entry into this kind of conversation and this work. Uh, just uh, about. I don't know, close to a year ago, right? Um, but I, I want—I also feel like AI is everywhere, 
And so I don't know that I'm going to be able to name the tool that came before ChatGPT that I was using, but I but I do think the um, when we're looking at generative artificial intelligence, we're in kind of a new category here. But the understanding that AI is in the websites we visit, the when I go buy something on Amazon, when I check my email, whatever I'm doing, and uh, we come up with more concrete examples down the line. But I think it, it's been around for a while, and but these new kind of g- generator, generative oh, oh. Conversations no, that we're having. So, like these large language teams, models uh, that are first. kind of creating like this content as you go. What did you think? Again, I'm probably asking you to think back about a year when you got into ChatGPT and you started to play with prompts. What were you thinking? Do, do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember exactly. I was thinking, wow, this is crazy. Um, every, because I, I can tell you exactly what I was doing. Um, I was working with my um, my staff development team, and we were planning around um, thinking about uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. We actually um, hosted a superintendent's conference day, I want to say last March, and for the whole district, and it was focused on AI. So we had kind of found our entry point as a team um, in the months before that and started playing with it, everything from um, – feeding it writing prompts and comparing it to the writing we or our students are doing or idea generation for lesson plans. Or even I'll tell you, as I was exploring it, I was planning to hang out with two of my friends who you both, who you both know, and um, they both live in Jersey. And I was like, man, we got to meet somewhere in the middle. Where should we meet? And I asked ChatGPT, I said, we want to meet somewhere around the Tappan Zee Bridge and we want to do an activity, <laughs> maybe bowling, maybe this. Give me five places we can meet. And it did. And they were specific and they were accurate and it blew my mind. And that was, I think, got my, it. Got it. One, one of my first so Adam, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you know, you, you, you jumped in there with the, the idea of PD, right? So I guess first and foremost, like when this is rolling out about a year ago and you introduced PD, what was your staff's reaction? Hmm. So I think largely I'd say open, um, excited, nervous, um, but I'd say I, I'm lucky to be in a district. Um, with the culture of innovation where the, the emerging technology is really valued and there's really, I think, a, a um, both a, a stated and unstated expectation at times of we're going to try new things. And so we planned a conference day for every sta- every faculty member was involved in this and we, we differentiated um, self-selected levels at um, a, we called it um, beginner, practitioner, and maestro level. We give them fancy names um, and um, really – really cre- tried to create a lot of entry points for our staff. And I think um, they, that I won't say every staff member left being like, wow, I'm going to use this tomorrow, but I, I imagine that that's really got to be important conversations. I mean, to, to work in a place that has that forward thinking mentality with whatever might be, you know, coming down the pike. Uh, certainly, you know, we're all in tune with what's going on in education and, you know, a lot of districts, you know, we're ready to, you know, drop the band hammer and, you know, block and, you know, just lead through fear of, oh, the kids are going to cheat and, you know, write their essays. And, you know, I, I always had it in my head. Kids have been cheating since the dawn of education. They're going to find ways to to circumvent whatever things we put in place. Um, but I'm sure that in these, you call them like conference days, right? Um, were there, you said that there are teachers who probably left thinking like unsure or not as excited as you might have hoped, or maybe, you know, you yourself were. Um, but, but what about other administrators, right? I'm not saying, you know, drop names or anything, but what was the feeling amongst your direct peers in central office higher than teachers on the, uh, on the scale, I guess. So, so again, I think, um, I, I, I'm sort of speaking from, uh, I want to say unique perspective, but a a specific perspective where, um, in my role as a district administrator, I serve on our, um, uh, our staff development team working with, uh, three other administrators and seven staff developers who work district-wide. And we really um, shape, shape the learning at conference days along with um, the other the other administrators. And there's a real expectation of um, total participation there. So what we did for these sessions, um, my, our team designed kind of the lesson templates that were then taught, uh, taught and facilitated by all of us, by a number of teacher leaders, but also by every administrator. So every building and district administrator participated or led these sessions with us. So, um, and by, and I don't think at any point we said, oh, you've got to go in excited and tell everyone this is going to be great and you're going to use it tomorrow. The, the people who 
you know, you have administrators who are using technology in really innovative ways and you have some that aren't just like in any other district. But um, what I appreciate is that everyone went in to the conversation, really having kind of done a little bit of homework, played with the tools. And I think um, for administrators, we just looked at some of the really easy entry points of like, you're writing that email that you've got to prove five times and you're not sure where to get started and look how easy it is to get those ideas. And really a lot of it for us um, focused on idea generation and on enhancing thinking um, that um, so how do we support to me, the that work sounds that we're already like doing rather than AI it. has served more way. like a virtual assistant rather than so, some other version where it's, 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 it's a tool. Yeah. It's, it's something to help you. Um, how did you work with the, the skeptical administrator who maybe either a didn't understand and was like, Nope, not for me. Or, you know, maybe I'm too far into the game. I, I'm an old dog. I don't want to learn new tricks. How do you, how do you work with that type of person? So in terms of leading the professional uh, learning, what we'll often do is pair our facilitators. So um, I think it's important that all of our administrators and leaders um, step into this work. But uh, at the same time, you meet someone where they are, just like in any other good good teacher, just like in our classrooms, right? Whether it's, that's uh, in terms of leadership or in terms of teachers working with students, right? Um, so the idea that you could have that administrator in the classroom who may or who may not be as interested or as skilled in technology, working with a teacher who's really excited about it and getting that pair together, um, I think goes a long way because you want to make sure your leaders are leaning in, but also how do you help kind of pull them along is, is one of the things I think I, I think about sometimes. I'll also say again, um, specific perspective. I, I personally didn't deal with any administrators who were questioning this work. I think questioning the, we all get into the conversations questioning the like, oh man, how are we going to support students with this? How are we going to set expectations? Um, the conversations around academic integrity and plagiarism and all that, that those are all very real. Um, but at no point do I recall ever being in a situation of someone like, this is a bad idea, this isn't going to work, right? And that's just, again, the 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 environment that I'm lucky enough to be a part of and having to help uh, facilitate with our team. Did any of the administrators not understand what this was and actually how powerful it is. Cause I I've seen a lot of people who just like they hear AI and they're like, Oh yeah. So just computers. Right. But they don't realize what is really behind it and what it does. Oh yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I think, I think a number of not just, I won't even say administrator. I would say uh, most of the people who hear a lot of people still can't even say it, but he probably still don't understand what it really is. Right. And how it really works. And I think, um, right. Yeah. Right. We had a lot of conversations throughout the district um, and in my, like our own professional practice around the understanding of this as a tool, as an algorithm, and really um, what, conversations with anyone from counselors to administrators to teachers. Um, one of the concerns I'll say that we have, we've talked quite a bit about is that um, ChatGPT is not your friend and it can act like your friend sometimes and make it feel like you're talking to a person, but that idea um, that 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 for a student, that can be confusing sometimes. And even for someone like, like it feels like you're talking to a chat bot in, to, a, a human at the end of that. Like when I, when I go to my uh, health and my um, insurance website and I'm following up on a claim and they're coming back to me and then like, you're not sure, is there really a person behind there? Right. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. Um, that gets more complicated when we're talking about something like chat GPT where it's just open-ended. I'm not there looking at one specific purpose, getting answered only on one specific thing that's really concrete um, and I think those are the conversations I've had uh, with everyone in, uh, all around the organization um, in thinking about those kind of concerns and, and trying to really understand what is happening here. In that same conference day, um, we did those introduction sessions. Then we led um, choice sessions. And so um, what I, I ran one on uh, – we're a big, a big um, initiative in our district, um, like many, is around um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, I ran a um, session on uh, – we called it Algorithms of Inequity. Um, and focused on the algorithms behind AI, AI bias, and things like that. So we had lots of opportunities to really try to understand the basics of um, the language behind AI, the uh, how it's developed, but also some of the implications there. Um, another thing we did is offered a um, uh, large language model in service course for teachers that was taught by two of my colleagues for First, people who really wanted to dive find more and really try to and, build and capacity. Adam, you, you'll agree. I don't know. Um, do you find yourself being polite? to chat GPT, like saying please and thank you. And, oh, would you be like, could you, would you? <laughs> well, 
So I'll tell you. I read, I, I've read, I don't know, I'm not going to say I've read research, but I've read t- like recommendations that you get better results when you tell ChatGPT that what it's doing is important. I just did it today. I, I said, it's really important that the users reading this material feel like it is, uh, that it is thoughtful, it is thorough, and it is transparent, right? And thinking about like how that get, how the, the large language models respond based on that. It, it can't hurt. It's real right? or not. I can't say with so certainty. So when they rise up, yet, they're at least kind I, I to you because that. they're like, I remember you. You were nice. <laughs> right. Yeah, what were you going to say, AJ? Mm-hmm. No, you had two points. And <laughs> what was the second thing you were going to say? I'm very curious. Who? Or maybe you didn't have a second point. So maybe not. Uh, nope, I lost it. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I, I'm going to shift the conversation a little bit because I'm very curious. So, so with the PD that you did now, with the experience that your teachers are going to have with all this, what expectations did you put in place as, as requirements? Or as just, hey, this is what you should be doing as as part of your your learning. I know what you want to say. What did you mandate? No, I don't <laughs> like that word. So I'll tell you, it's really interesting where we start. I'll tell you, we after this work, we started to talk about a um, developing a district kind of guideline statement around AI. We worked with, um, I led some work with um, department chairs on this, and it just never it, it never quite got to where we wanted it to be in terms of a. Th- a product that we were happy to say, this is represents our district vision, right? Um, so we iterated around that, co- continue to um, provide tips and resources and guidelines, incorporate it in our professional learning and conference days and courses um, and things like that. Uh, but truly, um, we didn't have, we, we didn't mandate anything. Um, I think we set the expectation like we do in our in our district that we are open to innovative ideas and tools. Um, one and I think through these conversations with with our building and district leaders, I would say some of the kind of global expectations we set we we talked about were like we're we're not banning AI. We want to think about AI as a um, develop where it's developmentally appropriate. We want to have these conversations with it. And one of my big concerns um, that we also, I think, in pockets talked about is we're also not going to weaponize it. We're not looking at AI detection. We're not looking at anything like that because we know it's biased. We know it's ineffective. We know it doesn't work. And that was really a concern of mine that right, we, that people might be might not understand that and come back and say, oh, I ran it through a detector. It's AI. This, this student's failing and, and things of that nature. Um, so that's a conversation I've had a lot uh, of com- – uh, I've, I've talked about quite a bit around um, – academic integrity in AI, not in terms of setting a policy and expectation, but really about thinking about our mindset to those conversations and entry points with staff and, and students. Um, even at this point, though, a year later, we have not formally set like, here is our policy. Um, we, we're, we're a district that has a lot of technology and continues to invest in the technology we think is valuable with kids and, and give teachers freedom to make choices in their classroom. And I think that really is the same for AI, I think what I'll also say is um, we I've had just as many conversations with um, administrators with my technology team around making sure we're doing so safely and thoughtfully, um, both in terms of tool, finding the tools that we think are the most effective, the most appropriate for educational use. Think about data privacy and, um, and everything <laughs> around around those conversations. And Chris, did I consider having AI write that perfect version? Not only did I consider it, I tried it about 10 different ways and it has never landed. I'll say one of the things that for me has not worked as well until recently was asking ChatGPT or other AI tools to write statements or press releases where I'm like a director of communications, right? The wholesale, go write this for me. Just the results didn't land with me as well as giving it more information to synthesize and respond to was kind of the practice that I found to be a little more effective. Um, but nice. Yeah. So I, would definitely so get I, I think, you know, our districts sound very similar. I mean, we, we, we are in love with technology. You know, we want to make sure it's appropriate use. We're, we're, we're pushing the AI for our staff and for our students. We want it to be around. I know a lot of the central administrators are are pushing AI and doing different presentations throughout Bergen County, throughout, you know, even at the state level, to be honest with you. I know they have some presentations coming up. You know, they're embracing AI and they're very proud of the work they're doing, you know, behind the scenes. I'm going to say it like that because central office is one part and it brings, brings it down to the schools. You know, but I, I really think that a lot of the staff, my, my staff specifically, and I'm not saying this to knock my staff in any way, but I don't feel like middle level educators understand AI. I feel like they have fear of AI because they hear it from the upper level. 
because there's more papers to be written. There's more things that the high school kids can do on their own that they're exploring and learning about AI in a variety of different ways. So when I think about the staff, there's a huge split, right? Our opening day PD, we had somebody uh, from a company come in. I, I, I don't want to say their name because I don't remember what it was. It didn't land with me, but like it was to help the staff to to better understand how to use AI as part of your lesson planning, as part of your assessing, uh, you know, so all that. We had AI recently at a different uh, PD day. You know, the same company came in, started talking to staff. We had people present how they're using AI in the classroom. So I think our staff uh, is extremely split, you know, at both middle school and high school as to what we can do with AI. So I guess what I'm going to ask you is, you know, for me as an assistant principal and working with my principal, how do I support my staff and even push them to explore some ideas of AI in their not in the classroom, because I know that's a big jump, but even in their in their daily planning and assessment, making yeah. it easier for them. So so it's funny. My, my initial thought is like, I don't think I would say anything different in this response than any other. If you were like, man, I want them to do use some new. We, we bought Pear Deck. We want to try that. Like, it's a different conversation. This is more uh, this. The exponential possibility with AI is different than any individual tech tool. Right. Um, but for me, I'm also like my initial response is like, if as a school, you're not, you, your teachers are not ready to do this. I don't think they need to do this. That I like that if schools that set an expectation of like, we're all going to use AI to do X, Y, Z, I think are going to get themselves in trouble here because I think you're moving. This is still uncharted territory, right? I'm sitting here as like, oh, I use this a lot. I'm not an expert. There are even experts who say they're experts. Like it's hard to be an expert in this world more than any other technology than I think when our life, our our, our friendship together as educators using technology, right? This is this is different. It is. Um, and so I think about the same ways we find success in the classroom with anything new, whether that's a tech tool or whether that's an instructional strategy, find your, find your entry points, find your easy wins. Because whether or not your teacher is using AI to plan tomorrow, if they're a good teacher, is not going to change, is not going to dramatically change their practice. The teachers who, if someone's a great teacher right now, AI might not make them a better teacher tomorrow. It might, it might not, right? It's not fixing, a, what I'm getting at is I don't know that it would be fixing a problem, right? There are sometimes we need to do something in education. We need this tool because there's a problem. We need to change this tomorrow, right? I don't know that that's what I'm hearing. So with that said, what I would really think about are who are your innovators, who are your earlier adopters, and where are your pockets of innovation or pockets of need? Where can you solve a problem? I think it's the same with uh, same with any, when, I, when we get someone on, like I think back to when I was shifting people over from uh, Microsoft Office to Google Docs, and I was thinking about the opportunity for student collaboration and things like that. But my entry point for a teacher was, hey, how many times do you go home and email yourself your file because you don't want to lose it and you forget your flash drive, right? Yeah, but here's wow, what that does. Wow, we just solved that problem. And that, then they go, and, oh, and wait, all if these I do that, can I do X, different Y, Z? examples right? we could come up with, it, I think it comes down to convenience, right? And, and the point I made earlier about you know, something like ChatGPT being like a virtual assistant, right? So I, I think the the benefit, the biggest benefit and, and the problem that it solves, Adam, is AI it, 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 in this scope, these, these large language, the generative text, it, it provides teachers, it provides administrators with a convenience. The problem it solves is, I think, a lot of burnout, right? I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. And this can help alleviate some of those time constraints that an educator might feel. I, I've talked about it a little bit here uh, and also on House of Ed Tech, you know, the, the time-saving function of being able to help design questions or come up with research questions or create supplemental resources that I can provide to students. Or when, when I'm asked, you know, hey, we want to do something with our Lexile levels. Let's look at the data. All right, let me take all the stuff in the spreadsheet let me throw it into Claude. Let, let's see what it kind of thinks about the data. Yeah, we're still going to go in there, but, it, you know, get us some bullet points. Let, let's, let's lean on the time-saving aspect of all of this, right? So I couldn't agree with you more. Let me reframe to AJ's original question. Well, I think the difference in what I'm saying is I don't think you're going to get there systematically and I don't think you're going to get there top down, right? Find the pockets, take exactly what Chris just described and find the ways to – the way, the entry points with the teachers who are going to be open to that or the department chair. I think about like, you you know, that department chair who's working with their teachers on like their teachers are really stressed out about X, Y, Z, right? What's the problem you can help them solve there? Find those individual, more specific problems rather than the global, like I'm going to save all teachers time. I would, I would try to approach it at a 
more specific um, uh, need, content-based or or whatever-based need for those people if you're not in a place where the culture is ready for everyone to be like, wow, then jump on. Let's take what you just said. Here's what I would do with AI with that as a whole. I would – let's say I'm a department chair supervisor, social studies. I'll go with what I know. Hey, department, fill out this anonymous form. Tell me your three biggest pain points right now in your job, completely anonymous. I'm going to get that feedback, hopefully. And here's what I would do. I would take everything I get back, throw it into ChatGPT. Here are the pain points I just got from my social studies teachers in my department. Give me five action items I could take to alleviate their pain points and what's stressing, whatever, right? That's how I'm going to use it to, to maybe save time or come up with something actionable, right? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> and, and, that's great. I like that. So, so I'll say survey results and synthesizing survey results, that's something I've had great success with in, uh, in uh, yeah, GPT also. So I think I think it's a great and, – And also it's a great the, the way of approaching that, it and you'll you get know, really good, easy again, results. The, the whole saving time thing and, and we've got a lot of people kind of chiming in on that in, in the chat, whether they're watching on LinkedIn or we got some YouTube comments coming in. Um, it, it, it's going to help you, right? It's, it's going to help. And, and one of the best things I heard – probably a few months ago was, if you don't know how to use AI, ask AI for help. ChatGPT, can you, like, ask it questions. Can you help me do this? And it's going to say yes. And, it, it, you know, uh, another thing I've done, you know, I'll say, you know, before you give me your output, ask me any questions you need or feel you need to ask to give me the best results. And then, then that, that's using it as a, as, a, as a chat bot where you give it more information. And the more you can give it, the better you're going to get. I like it. There's a lot of good uh, resources around there on on that kind of prompt prompting mechanisms and all of that. I want to take it in a different direction also. So we started with like saying like we're not going to think about instructional here in this com- in this question. But I also think um, I'll say again, not this is more of a Chris angle because not and me and AJ out, out of the classroom and me kind of far out of the classroom now. I have not had the chance to practice with some of these other AI um, tool, AI tools for instruction on a day-to-day basis and with kids in the way I'd like to. And that's one of my next steps with a group of teachers that we're going to pilot a couple of them and and really explore, do a more of a deep dive. But you get tools like anything from CurePod to uh, Magic School AI and these tools that with a couple of clicks, you could get some really great standards-based lesson ideas and assessments and all that. Those have been really, really impressive to me. Um, and I think to, I've had teachers who are like, wow, oh my God, like that's, that's what for some teachers has really flipped the switch and be like, this is, this is something I couldn't conceive of before and is going to help me. Right. And I think, um, so I'll say with the caveat of, I'm not a fan of like, let's just throw all the AI tools on the wall with kids, right? This is something we've got to be more thoughtful about, I think. And you're going to have your own district and, uh, I, 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 think, privacy policy I think you're on, that on, on, with, but on the right think, track, uh, Aaron, because I think in the last year. We've seen a lot of tools come out that are going to make your teaching life easier, right? A lot of that generative AI going to do a lot of stuff for you. And I'm starting to see this shift, which should have been there from the beginning. How can we get not just teach students with it, but how and what AI is appropriate for students to use, right? Rather than them running and having the chatbot do the work for them, mm-hmm. how can the AI assist them? Because you know, I don't care what industry you work in. And again, this is something I've said before. AI is not going to take your job, but the person who can use AI will. Teachers, administrators, pick the industry. You've got to be able to start to use AI, right? 10 years ago, it was, oh, we got to prepare kids for jobs that don't exist yet, right? All right, here's the new job, prompt engineer, right? Also want to shout out uh, Amanda Fox is watching on LinkedIn, She's going to add something about the pressure points to some surveys that she's going to be doing for some trainings. And Dr. Tanya Farron, hope I said that right. I had a 50-50 shot. Uh, she apparently has some great AI tool that she would love to share with all of us. Drop it in the chat. We'll be happy to talk about it. Amanda, I've used some of your work in uh, my trainings with teachers. So hey, thanks for everything you've been uh, providing to the conversation on uh, the online, the Facebook group, everything. Uh, it's been really good stuff. Um, so – AI for kids, right? I would say um, for me, I w- um, that's my biggest area of hesitation because in my role currently, I am um, one of the people responsible for data privacy and New York State has some really clear rules around this. So um, my first thought is always around uh, personally identifiable information, student names and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, 
But I will say the um, what I've been really enjoying and is an easy recommendation is Canva rolled out all these great AI tools lately. And so um, that that's one that we were using Canva. Lots of schools are using Canva. So whenever I have, t- I have teachers often saying like, oh, what do I use for um, text to image creation? That's a big one I'm getting a lot of questions at. And it's so easy for me to be like, you're already using it. Canva, let's get get on Canva. And so um, for anyone listening, looking for those um, entry points with kids, that's a great one. I'd also throw out there, um, um, Codebreaker has a... Chat G, a chatbot tool that I can't remember the name of, but I'm going to Google it. And um, it, it, it doesn't require a login. So I think about chat GPT, you need a login, you need a phone number, right? It's, it's the privacy policy says you over 13 with parent permission in New York state without a, a data privacy agreement that just wouldn't fly because um, we need the school agreements on it. But a tool that doesn't make you log in, collect any personal identifiable information, right? That go that that's a really powerful thing for uh, I'm going to include uh, something in the show notes, which will be at podcastpd.com slash 134 when this becomes a podcast, or maybe you're listening to it as the podcast right now. Uh, Dr. Farron shared something called ruby.ai, R-U-B-I dot A-I, and uh, there'll be a link to a short video she shared in the show notes and also to Ruby AI itself. I'm not looking at it right now, but it is something I will check out. And uh, Amanda just posted it, and it's Byte is the Codebreaker tool. That's what I was thinking of. Thank you. Well, here's something we haven't had in a while. We got people chatting. I'm reading. <laughs> hey, w- what the message here is for you who's listening, if you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> be be uh, be in touch with us so you know when you can come out live. We do this the last Sunday of the month when AJ is available. Uh, here we are on the first Sunday of the month, um, but I-, I believe we'll be back. Nope. Sorry. We're not doing New Year's Eve in December. <laughs> We're also not doing Christmas Eve, so this is probably going to be our last episode for 2023, which means we'll probably be back. Uh, AJ and I got to have a team meeting. Maybe we'll, we'll figure out when we're going to come back and in January, like, but we'll be back in we January. Can, we can do one more to end the year. So let's 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 be honest. We can find time to do one more. You available next week? I don't know. You available sports. the week after? I don't know. There's there's sports. <laughs> I'm waiting to get this. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I need the schedule. I don't have That's the good schedule yet for sports. Okay. We have baseball. <laughs> we have soccer. We have basketball. All right. Between two kids. So every night is booked. So anyway, back to AI. Yeah. Actually, real quick, before we finish up this conversation, and you know, Adam has been gracious with his time here on a Sunday night, uh, AJ and I want to tell you really quick about our executive producer opportunity. Uh, so if you get value from our conversations on Podcast PD and you want to support our efforts, you can do that. If you go to podcastpd.com slash executive producer, you can support Podcast PD. AJ, tell them what they've won. What do they win? They win. They. I don't have the show. <laughs> I don't have the show notes open. What do they win? I forget now. It's been so long. What do they win? They win. They win us. You get a, you part you get of a sticker, t-shirt, sticker, all this cool stuff. The t-shirt, the sticker. It's all there. Go to podcastpd.com. You get the mug too. Is there a mug involved? We got a mug. Yes. Yeah, there it is. A mug with our cartoon mugs. Hey, uh, we want to give a big shout out to our current executive producers, Holly Landez, Steph, uh, Stephanie Scrocky, and Sandy Hartman. Thank you for being our executive producers, and maybe you will be our next executive producer. All right, back to AI. What do we got? Yeah, go let's go. All right. Should I tell you what I was doing just like an hour ago? So um, we are currently rebuilding our district website, and um, it's one of the projects I'm leading, and it's a huge project. I'm really rewriting the whole site. Um, Wait, and is, so is, I've been doing that so this is like a Dr. Adam Scholbart. And so I did a co-author ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah. So the way the way I guess my I'll say uh, I've thought a lot about this actually because I'm responsible. For, I do press releases. I do all uh, most of our district writing, right? Um, but. There is almost never something that I write for the community that like has my name on it that anyone's expecting is the sole author of anything. I think about when we have a letter or a message go out or a press release, whether it is something I start or not, there are three to 10 people editing, rewriting, all of that, Googling, searching facts and information and quotes. And so, right, to me, again, this is no different, right? I think we're in a different realm when we're talking about students submitting work representing their own work that has their name attached as the sole author, Right. Um, for something like this, it, it's been I, what you said before, virtual assistant. Um, what I have found is um, the upgraded um, chat GPT has been helpful to me with some of the, I created a GPT for the first time. 
Um, I basically said, you are the content creator for the, for the website, for the Chapel Central School District. Um, I described the audience. It asked me some follow-up questions. And I've been saying things like, um, write the introduction to our, uh, our, I don't know, our facilities website. And just give me a nice little paragraph on like what the facilities department does. And sometimes it needs a little bit of tweaking, but it's really good. Um, and things like today, I'm working on a page about, um, living in the community, like a live here, work here kind of piece. And so I said, give me, uh, it took me a couple iterations, but I said, give me 10 reasons why someone would want to live in Chapco, New York. And it was great. Would I use them all as is? Are they all my favorite? Um, am I sure they're all 100% truthful and accurate? I've got to do my homework here, just like anyone else with AI. But the idea, the content generation, the ideation, helping me get started on the, these pages has been tremendous. I have a team uh, virtual webmasters who are helping me migrate content. Uh, and so the idea that I can take a few minutes, sketch out uh, the content of a page, do a quick edit, pass it on, and then I come back and I rewrite and I edit just like any, I think like I'm trying to frame this like any good writing process, whether we're doing it as adults with kids in the classroom, the, the AI is not giving me everything on my own. I'm not taking what I get and hitting submit. But in terms of getting started on some difficult areas and putting ideas together and even thinking about how to format, organize my thinking. Yeah. It's I mean, been the, the whole, when you talked about like the live here, work time here saver, that's and, and how you have to like maybe fact check what it gave you, you saved time by not having to think of the initial reasons of why would somebody live here and work here? You could skip right to, all right, let me just fact check this stuff. And if it checks out, time saved, publish. Mm -hmm. I'll ask both Absolutely. of you as administrators and, and AJ, actually AJ, how have you used AI in your role as a vice principal? What, what can you speak to? No, I'm still, I'm still learning and I'm trying to model it as best I can for my staff because I, I want them to use it. And I try to model it also with my principal because, you know, I'm, I'm finding ways that it's helpful just, just for like learning, you know, just if you went through my, my chat GPT and kind of looked at like, give me ideas on how to, how to work with a student who's having, you know, discipline problems, you know, a student who, you know, is getting attention. What can I do as a restorative approach to solving the solving, put in quotes. But like I ask questions like that just to get some ideas of it, how I can work with a student. You know, I've been using it, you know, for ideas and observations, not to write my observation, but to give me some ideas of what what should be some look fors when I'm in a classroom. So I, I look I look for that. I look for ideas that will just kind of spark something in me that'll help me, you know, just kind of kind of write and kind of focus. You know, I've asked about like um PBIS themes for the months of, of the school year and kind of figure things out like that. So I'm trying to find ways that it can help me, again, just spark ideas of, of getting things situated in my mind as to help how to help run my school. You know, I'm not using it like in detail to write emails or anything like that, but like there might be something I use just for, you know, an, an idea. You know, I've used it, no joke, to come up with a couple of lines for our school website when I'm talking about my clubs. You know, I'm asking it to rewrite small biographies on things because a teacher would give me a quick one line write up and I'm like reword this three or four paragraphs about X, Y, and Z, you know? So I'm, I'm trying to help, trying to use it to help me, you know? So maybe it is more of an assistant than it is anything else, but it, it helps get the job done when I need it in places like that. I, I, actually, just so people know, you know, what, as a content creator here with the podcast, because we're doing this as the live stream. I will have a transcript of this episode created by YouTube before this episode comes out as the podcast. One of the things I will do is I will take that YouTube transcript, I will throw it into ChatGPT and say, give me, you know, the five most important points made in this YouTube transcript, right? Um, one, you know, help me write a description for what this podcast episode was about, right? Uh, help me write a help me write five tweets to promote this episode based on the takeaways. Help me write a post for LinkedIn to promote this episode and engage teachers in conversation and educator, blah, 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 blah. So we can just as easily be doing that with say any piece of content that we consume, right? Got a big training video. All right. Give me, you know, the takeaways. Got to read a big blog post on something. What are the takeaways? And then, then I can go in and, and I can read. I'm, I'm just big on this whole time-saving thing. And, and Amanda commented, she's also using it, you know, all, she says, all my emails are chat GPT assisted, right? Come up with your own original thought, make this better. AJ got that from, you know, teachers writing descriptions about their clubs and activities at the school. 
Adam is doing it to help refine the content of a district website, right? So all these things are out there. And again, it's just a matter of see what it can do, right? If it can't do it, it'll tell you, I, I, I can't do this, right? Um, I just saw a tool and I apologize, I don't have it. I'll talk about it on probably the next House of EdTech. Um, but it's an AI tool that lets you draw shapes and add text. And you basically, you visually design what you want an app or a website to do, and then you make it come to life. And I don't know, it's like the fairy coming down and make Pinocchio become a real boy. What you drew, now it you can do it. So the example I saw was, you know, upload, be able to upload an image and be able to, with a slider, slide it and scale the image you uploaded and rotate the image with a different slider. Just by saying, here's a rectangle, this is a slider, and scale, rotate, upload. And it did it. Right. I, I will share that. I, I forget what it is. I'll share it in the notes for this episode, but you know, they're it, super powerful. I don't know. A lot of words, a lot of power. <laughs> AJ, your uh, website thing uh, made me think about, um, I do stuff like that all the time, but I've also started to do it for um, school, the school tweets and um, communication. So like, like, Give me give me a tweet to celebrate. Uh, give me a tweet. Give me a tweet to uh, celebrate Veterans Day for my school district, right? And then I wrote back and be like, "Give me more emojis. Give me this." And so that's an easy thing I've been doing. Um, even on Thanksgiving, um, I sent my technology department. Um, they I told them they had to stay to a certain amount of t- a certain time, and I was wrong. Um, I, some of them were able to leave a little earlier. So I said I had um, ChatGPT <laughs> write me a limerick, wishing my department a happy Thanksgiving, and letting them know that if you're in this role, you can actually leave earlier. And then I did, that was my Thanksgiving message to them. Little things like that, I think like they're, it's fun, it's simple, it's low stakes. So I think about like entry points with like your administrator. Uh, More principals principal should put their emails in and say, we write this email in the style of Snoop Dogg. Great with emoji. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other thing, AJ, that uh, I have a lot of success with um, that is a good entry point is um, looking for trends in data. And so I t- tend to do it more assert, like serve, we had students evaluate a program, give us feedback on it. I popped through that all into chat GPT synthesize. I said, give me, uh, give me the top, synthesize the top three student comments, right? Something you could give it a really simple prompt with that kind of work. And it seems to do a really good job. I've even, um, working with teachers, I've taken like, like my own, taken multiple observation notes from the same teacher and asked it for trends in what I'm seeing and use that as a way, uh, to double check myself. Of like, am I missing anything? Are there other observations? And I find that and I've done that with teachers. I did like, the Let me same show thing. You these. I, Let's see what it says. I don't collect I a lot of data really as a high school social studies teacher. Uh, but the recent thing that I did where I did have a lot of data, I took the feedback survey results from EdCamp New Jersey 2023. I downloaded that spreadsheet, had, you know, some, you know, hundred something responses to all those questions, downloaded as a CSV file, uploaded it to Claude was one I used. And I said, give me the positives positive takeaways and negative feedback, summarize it all based on what's in there. And then I went through and I had done some custom color coding on that spreadsheet and what it gave me in text statement form aligned with what I could kind of visually see with what was kind of highlighted with conditional formatting, but love it for analyzing data. Actually, recently in uh, in our common planning time, we've been using Achieve 3000 in my district at the high school level to you know get kids to read more and kind of assess their Lexile levels. So I took some spreadsheet data from my own students' Lexile levels, and I said, based on the Lexile levels in this list, and I gave it all the data, I said, give me the mean, the median, and the mode, so I could just quickly see what that average, you know, what what that all is. And then I said, you know, give me lesson plan ideas for what I'm going to do in January is the Industrial Revolution. Give me some lesson plan ideas for the Industrial Revolution and I want you to give me based on the Lexile levels for my struggling readers, for my on grade level readers, and for readers who are above grade level, who are above ninth grade level. And it gave me five things for each breakdown that I can now differentiate my instruction. Potentially, I've got to look through and see what I want to do and what I want to teach specifically. But within 30 seconds, I've got differentiated ideas. I mean, look, I think there's there's tremendous power there, and I don't think we're going to tackle it all, you know, in, in a 45-minute, hour-long episode, but I feel like... None. It's all changed you know, since we started. No, and I was going <laughs> to say, and, and, and like, I, I was going to ask the question earlier, and like, the, the individuals who are writing these books, like, 
chat GPT for beginners. Like you're writing a book, it's still brand new. So like, I don't, I don't know how you're doing that. You know, like you're the beginner, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm excited to see where this is going. And I feel like there is a tremendous benefit for this in education, as long as we do it right. You know, and, and I think, I think there's, I think there's flaws. And that's why I said at the beginning, I'm torn, but there, there, well, there's, there's right is very be, subjective though. What do you mean? To say, say? We, you said, we got to make sure we do it right. That's, that's very, there's, there's not, there is no, I mean, they're certainly wrong. Blocking is wrong. Banning is wrong. But I don't know what well, right yeah. is. Well, when I say right, I just mean, you know, we're, we're not using it for, you know, everything that we do. I, I think, and, and what I mean by right is not, not allowing students to you know, have it write their papers. That, that, that's where I'm saying right. right. I'm not saying like how we introduce it. I'm just saying how it's brought about into the schools, like the actual usage that we're counting on this to be, you know, our assistant or, or what we're looking to do with it. That's what I mean by right. They, that's, that's the better word to use, but I'm not, I'm Care, not intellectual. Carefully, thoughtfully balanced. Go out to ChatGPT and say, what's the best way to integrate you into teaching? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't know. <laughs> but you're right. Um, and, and I will say it every time we talk about this, wherever I am, this is the worst it's going to be, right? This is, it is horrible right now. Anything that gener anything that's generative right now, this is the worst it's going to be. And we're already amazed. What is this going to look like tomorrow? What's going to look like three months from now, next mm -hmm. year when we're two years in, right? I'm playing with some custom GPTs that can do voiceover work for podcasts and I can create jingles and audio drops. I can do the last episode of House of Ed Tech. I gave it my episode description and I had it generate an image based on the text description to use as the custom piece of art for that episode. And I believe that's episode 236 for anybody who wants to check it out. But I might do that for Podcast PD in 2024. Here's the description of the episode. Give me an image. I could share it on Instagram, right? I mean, it's boundless. All right. So this is Podcast PD. And Stephanie, thank you. She said that that image was awesome. Amanda said that we did a great job in this conversation. So thank you for that. Um, you guys listen to podcasts? AJ, you listen to anything? Any, any podcasts that stick out to you? Episode? Anything you're enjoying? What do you got? I listen to a bunch. I don't have my phone there right now, but I, I, I've listened. Yes, we can do this if you'd like to. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to play the thing? Hold on. Play the thing. I'll get my phone. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go first, AJ. So you just hold there. All right. Um, I've started listening to a new podcast. It is called Build a Big Podcast. So yes, Chris found another podcast about podcasting that he's going to consume forever so he can become a better podcaster, which helps me do Podcast PD, House of Ed Tech, Education Podcast Network, what I, what and how I talk about podcasting at school with the podcast club that I run. So if you are into podcasting, you might also want to check out Build a Big Podcast. AJ, what are you listening to? Well, okay. So, uh, of course, now I can't find the episode number, but it's from the Principal Matters podcast. Uh, and this is with Dr. William D. Parker. Um, and it's an episode for Focus on Middle School. And it's, uh, here it is, found it. Episode uh, 370, Middle School Superpowers with Phyllis Fagel. Uh, she's an author. And, um, you know, I, I just appreciate the ideas of, of when people talk about middle school because being a middle school educator for my entire career, uh, I really love everything that she talks about from like, um, the, the, the ideas of what middle schoolers go through and how we don't realize that there's so much to the middle school that, you know, we can't expect them to be more mature than what they are. You know, they're kids. They're still, they're still babies and they're maturing very quickly. And, you know, I, I think this episode kind of hits on a couple of things. Um, if you want to know her book, she's the author of middle school matters, the 10 key skills kids need to thrive in middle school and beyond and how parents can help. And then our other book is middle school superpowers, Raising Resilient Tweens in Turbulent Times. Um, I, I really think her books are fantastic. You know, she's definitely, you read it? I've actually read it. And and she came, I, oh, I read really? it and she did, uh, yeah, she, she's she outstanding. I mean, she's getting a, a lot of years ago, my recognition lately, but I think it's, it's, yeah. it's very important. You know, I know she recently did the AMLE conference um, that was in November. So, you know, uh, this is somebody that I'm kind of keeping tabs on because I would love to incorporate her work into my school, especially with my, with my teachers. Um, so check out episode 370 principal matters with William D Parker and Phyllis Fagel. 
maybe a early 2024 guest of this very podcast. Hmm. How about that? Adam, are you learning from podcasts? Uh, so, yeah, I, I still I listen to a ton of podcasts, not much in the education space these days, but um, one I came across recently and didn't realize has a little bit of a backlog for me to catch up on that I'm really excited about is um, a search engine. Um, it's uh, um, I'll give you the tagline here. Um, the, the host answers the kinds of questions you might ask the Internet when you can't sleep. Um, but what uh, if uh, I don't know if either of you guys were fans of Reply All. Um, but that was a podcast I listened to for a long, long time. And it's uh, PJ Vaught, one of the hosts. And so I'm excited. I've listened to a couple episodes of Search Engine, really enjoyed it. And so uh, always I, I enjoy like those kind of quirky, like in a deep dive down a weird question. Who, kinda, who's the host? Um, kind of shows. Okay. And also All right. Yeah, cool. There. I will include. I got it. I got it. Got it right here. I will uh, put PJ Vaught. In our show notes, which if you're listening after the fact is uh, a swipe or a tap away or head out to podcastpd.com slash 134. All right. Anything else on AI, gentlemen? There'll always be more. <laughs> All right. Adam, be more. I hope you but are that's not a stranger and maybe you'll come back and join us a couple more times in the future because Lord knows you're going to do more amazing things. Appreciate, you, man. Appreciate you coming in. Thank you. Sounds good. Yeah. This is fun, guys. All Miss right. You guys. Thank you for watching. And uh, if you're listening to this, All we right. will be back. According to AJ, we will do something else in December. Um, but send us your thoughts on this episode, email us feedback at podcastpd.com or go to podcastpd.com slash feedback. We could tackle your questions and, uh, certainly we'll continue this conversation for sure. Uh, don't forget to text podcast PD. We want to have a textual relationship with you. Text at podcast PD to eight one zero one zero. If we don't come back, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy new year. Wait, it's not time yet. I can't do it. Can't gotta do wait. Can't uh, do it yet. All right. Well, happy, happy, happy holidays, happy everybody. <laughs> happy and merry everything. Happy and merry everything. <laughs> Wave goodbye, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Podcast PD. For links to everything that we discussed in this episode, you can visit the show notes at our website, podcastpd.com. To connect with the show on social media, we are at PodcastPD on Instagram and Twitter, and we share using the hashtag PodcastPD. To connect with AJ and myself, we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie and at AJ Bianco. We would love to hear from you, so please go to PodcastPD.com slash feedback and send us an email, send us a voice message, whatever you need to do. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it. Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy, and we hope you enjoyed Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.